Welcome to Fintech in the Cloud with AWS, your direct line to the founders, investors, and startups who are shaping the ever-evolving world of fintech. I'm your host, Sakai Indamanga. Joining us today is Munya Chira, the head of growth for Rest of Africa at Flutterwave, one of the few fintech unicorns in Africa. Africa had seven unicorns emerge in 2021. Five out of the seven were fintech, and Flutterwave happened to be one of them. On this episode, we talk about the state of fintech in Africa, lessons that the West can learn from African fintechs, the whole notion of cross-pollination between the two worlds. We also talk about the key trends that are influencing fintech on the continent, as well as how cloud was a significant player in scaling their business. Enjoy. Munya, I'm so excited to have you on. Welcome. Thank you very much, Sakai. Glad to be on. I wasn't sure if I should say Maswara say because it's morning over here and I realized I didn't want to say anything else because I might say the wrong way to say hello or good morning in Shauna. So I'll just go with that. Good morning in English. <laughs> that works well too. But across Africa, everybody's got a different way of saying hello. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Munia, let's start off with understanding your background and your journey to fintech. Tell us a little bit about your journey in the fintech space as well as what your current role is today at Flutterwave. My role within fintech actually started fairly on in my career. I'd probably say about 20 years ago, it wasn't called fintech. It was probably called financial services uh, with some sort of banking infrastructure. So it started a long time ago, and I find it fruitless that I'm, again, still on my journey enjoying being in fintech. And so my role is head of growth for the rest of Africa for Flutterwave. And our focus really is on making it easy for businesses to transact across Africa and globally. For the listeners who have not heard about Flutterwave, how would you describe your core value proposition? That's a great question, Sakai. I always like to think about the fact that Africa is 54 distinct countries or sovereign nations. And we always talk about making Africa feel like it's a country. Even though that's not necessarily the case, you look at the fact that if you are doing business in Nigeria, South Africa, Egypt, Morocco, or even Senegal, all of those countries are very different in terms of how they operate, the regulatory framework, the payment methods that exist, and even the payment behaviors of consumers. And so what we believe in Flutterwave is we want Africa to feel like it's a country and make it seamless for businesses to be able to transact across the continent. I also find it quite interesting that you look at the fact that you might move from one country to the other and the totally different payment methods that you might use in that market. And so for us, that's the core unique value proposition is making it easy for businesses to really do business across Africa. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's important to highlight and differentiate the fact that Africa is a continent with obviously 54 countries and has various cultural nuances with different diverse trends going on. You have the Francophone in the West and you have the English speaking African countries in the South and the East. You have the Northern part that has some Arabic influence as well. And as you're thinking about the continent, as you mentioned, Munia, and you're looking to help simplify payments within the continent, are you able to highlight understanding the different diversities on the continent, highlight maybe at least three trends that we're seeing on the continent today that are primarily obviously driven by the customer and the customer needs? I actually find it interesting that we're talking about this in sort of what we hope is the end of COVID. But I'd say that the one big trend we found, and this has been reflected in our business, is the idea that 
people have really thought about digital in a very different way. And, and I'll give you a sort of more personal example is I've got a 89-year-old father who had a fairly mundane but exciting visit to the bank every Saturday. Um, that's something he looked forward to doing. And then he also had his visits to the pharmacy, which he'd do on a regular basis. So when you look at those two kind of examples pre-COVID, that was what he enjoyed doing. And then all of a sudden, you've got the pandemic that came and hit us. And so that totally transformed how today my 89-year-old father does business, which is online banking which is that now your drugs can be delivered from the pharmacy to your house. So I think COVID definitely from sort of experience perspective and even sort of payments ecosystem perspective really changed in terms of payment behavior. So I'd say that's one trend that we've seen. And, and I'm really interested to know and observe whether this may change, whether people will kind of go back to norm. I don't think that would be the case. I think the second for us that's been quite interesting is the whole idea of being able to work anywhere. So when you even look at across Africa, we have a lot of businesses today who we support who are still in a remote environment. So they're able to work from their homes or able to work from different locations as long as they're connected. That definitely is something I think for us we've seen as being a big trend. The third for us from a payment perspective has been this whole idea of the wallet or embedded finance. We've seen a significant increase in people thinking through the fact that they've got a mobile app. And even in Africa, where we're seeing a significant increase in mobile penetration, and we're also seeing an increase in smartphone penetration, more and more people using apps for everything, whether it's ride sharing, whether it's ordering goods and services through e-commerce, whether it's ordering food through online delivery. So I'd say those are the three trends that we've seen within the industry that are quite exciting. That also for us personally, from a business perspective, have driven a lot of our growth. Yeah, very cool. It's interesting that the three trends that you're highlighting are pretty resemblant to the ones here in the US. You mentioned the whole notion of digital banking and online banking being more prominent and pronounced due to COVID, which is something that we could compare to the US. You mentioned the whole work from home and remote work kind of growing is something that we're also seeing here as well in the US. But also lastly, one that's really pronounced and prominent is the whole notion of embedded finance. The whole notion of leveraging apps and the proliferation of what they're calling the super app is something that we're also seeing here in the U.S. and also in other parts of the world from a fintech perspective. So it's really interesting, despite the variations in terms of the differences between the two worlds, there's more similarities than we think. Which gets me into my next question, which is around, I know recently Flutterwave has been bridging the gap between Africa and the rest of the world with assorted solutions. And I'm curious for you to potentially maybe tell us a little bit about your North American expansion and what does that mean for the diaspora? Because this is a bit new, seeing an, an African fintech really trying to get into the US as well. What I find fascinating about the world we live in is that you may find that there's some solutions that are developed across the continent of Africa that are relevant to even markets like North America. And I'll give you a very specific example that relates to Flutterwaves. So in April 2020, we rolled out what we call Flutterwave stores. The reason why we actually rolled it out was because we were seeing some of our brick and mortar businesses that had been impacted by COVID. So they were thinking through, how do I continue to survive in an environment where I normally would have people walk into my store? So we actually rolled out Flutterwave stores. 
and maybe the way to think about Flutterwave stores is it's the Shopify for Africa. We've got about 54,000 businesses currently on, on Flutterwave stores. It's a very easy way for an SME or business to sign up. There's no technical assistance required. There's no coding required. You can just set up your store in five minutes. You can upload your goods and services and start to sell. And so we saw this rapid increase in Flutterwave stores and the usage of Flutterwave stores across primary Africa. What was interesting, though, was that we also saw that there were a number of signups in North America and in the UK. And so we started doing some analysis. And what was fascinating for us was that it appeared though as though we had an interesting value proposition that transcended not just the Africa ecosystem. And I think that's where we started to look at North America and say, look, there is an opportunity for the business to really have some services that are relevant to those marketplaces. And I think it's quite fascinating that when you look at some of those businesses, it may actually be just U.S. businesses, but some of those might have had an African connection, whether it's immigrants or people who might have, or the diaspora who might have moved from their home countries and then they're just dying for local goods and services. So for us, we felt that this is something that we really needed to look and strategize and determine what else we can do around that. So yeah, that I think is just an example of why we believe North America is a critical market for us. And then when you also look at the diaspora, so just for context, Sekai, probably three, four years ago, you were looking at about 30 million Africans who live outside of their home markets, primarily in the US, Europe and Australia and other sort of geographies. And according to the World Bank and IMO, they anticipate that that number is going to be at 100 million by 2050. And so you think of populations, um, you might have been born in Africa, you go spend your former years in other countries, you still have a tie back to Africa. So I think for us, it's interesting that it's also about the diaspora community still having ties back to their continent. As somebody who's part of the diaspora, I can relate. So I understand why that value prop would make a lot of sense. Just to kind of double click onto the whole notion of Flutterwave stores, are you able to maybe provide the listeners with a bit of an idea of how the user experience would be for somebody in the US who is trying to do something to send either money back or leverage the application just in case they need to understand the process of how that would work if they were in California, for instance, and trying to connect to somebody in Uganda. So what we've done is really built this infrastructure so that whether you're signing up in the US or South Africa or Europe, you have a really easy user experience. But part of that is because we are a regulated business, we ensure we've got to do the KYC process, we need to know who you are. So you can actually do a very automated sign-up process, your picture ID, verify that you are who you are as part of the compliance process. So very, very easy. And then from that point in time, you can then upload your goods and services and start to transact. What we love about Flutterwave stores is that you now have a potential marketplace that's is broader than your own individual market. So for those who are looking at expanding their service into Africa, that gives them a geographical footprint. And we are active in about 31 African countries today. So that's how it works from the U.S. perspective. Then vice versa, if you were actually in Uganda and you're looking to provide services to customers in the U.S., that's also what you'd be able to do through the onboarding process and then be able to transact. And what we've done through our infrastructure is also plugged in the relevant payment types that are are critical throughout not just the US and Europe and Africa. Example, PayPal. So we offer PayPal as a payment option for some of our customers. So yes, very easy onboarding process for the customers and we try and make it as easy as possible for them. 
That's really cool. I love that proposition. So it's a really great example of understanding that there's a customer need based on you guys, obviously, initially starting off in Africa, but realizing through your data that you're able to identify that people were actually leveraging your services out of the States and you're pretty much catering to a customer need that you discovered. So that's a pretty brilliant use case. One of the other things that I noticed, so Flutterwave has a mantra, they say, endless possibilities for every business is part of your mission or your mantra. And as you think about the different possibilities that are evolving within Flutterwave, do you foresee more cross-pollination between Africa and the West in fintech? The answer for me is yes. Global business is actually coming to Africa and looking to see how they can develop some solutions and products and services that are relevant for the marketplace. So I think that would be sort of the cross-pollination inward. Outward, the likes of Flutterwave, what we're doing too is, is looking at innovations that have come from the Africa continent and make them relevant and applied to markets outside of Africa. So I think it works both ways. There's a lot of opportunity to develop really interesting products and services, I think, through that cross-pollination happening both ways. Yeah. And my understanding is that you're also in Europe today, correct? Or you're about to enter Europe? No, we are in Europe. So we actually have offices in London and offices in Lithuania. So yeah, we've got a pretty good uh, European presence currently. Yeah. The notion of cross-pollination between Africa and the West, I think is something that, particularly in the fintech space, is something that's probably been going on, as you mentioned earlier, for a very long time, because you could argue that mobile money is pretty much the genesis of fintech to some degree in terms of switching different payment functionalities from P2P using USSD codes before there was even smartphones. And now obviously there's the whole notion of the super app and the applications that are used on smartphones. And so you could argue to some degree that there was pollination coming from the continent for a while now. So it's interesting to see that you are leveraging both sides of the coin right now, given your current value proposition, but your understanding of the different markets and the consumer needs as well in both places. So that's a very cool story that you guys are portraying. Just something else that might be of interest as we're kind of talking about this is that I'm quite fascinated by this whole idea of buy now, pay later. I know it's a phenomenon that's been growing across the world globally. I always chuckle because Africa has always had buy now, pay later. I mean, we're not a massive credit ecosystem. And so what tends to happen is when somebody wants to buy something, you can put something on layaway. And then once you finish paying for that, then you can get the goods and services, right? So we're seeing quite a lot of excitement about buy now, pay later. And I always say that, you know, these also are solutions that might have actually existed in the other marketplaces but might not have been fit for purpose at that current time. Right, right. And also positioning. It's yeah. a nomenclature. It's, it's a, yeah. the, the value prop has probably been there for a while. So now I know that Flutterwave is obviously a cloud-based, end-to-end digital financial platform designed to simplify payment infrastructure options. What role would you say AWS played in some of that development from end-to-end? Yeah, I would say, Sekai, that without the AWS platform, the company would not have been able to scale the level we've been able to scale. I think the reality is that an AWS platform has allowed us to be able to do things very, very quickly, innovate quickly, scale into the markets quickly. So I think it's been very critical. In fact, we're fortunate to have been recognized as one of the 
times 100 companies globally, but also recognized by AWS as one of the startups that really has scaled to levels that I think are important given the AWS relationship. So yeah, I, th- I think for us, it's critical. And even as you look at our continued growth, it's been quite significant. Wonderful. We love to hear that. So now, Munia, we've reached the end of our conversation, but I'm curious to know if you have any last words on the state of fintech in Africa for for the listeners to know, to be aware of, if they're not familiar with the market dynamics, something for them to take away from this podcast. Yes, I think that we are barely scratching the surface of opportunity. I mean, we talk about Flutterwave, but there are numerous other startups and businesses that are tackling very specific parts of the fintech ecosystem. So when you look at our ecosystem, we're supporting not just payment services providers, SMEs, e-logistics companies. We've got a number of companies that are doing interesting work with investment apps. That whole ecosystem is just, I think, ripe for further disruption and opportunity. So I think for us, I would say that if businesses today are not doing business in Africa, this for us is the right time to be within the ecosystem. So yeah, I think that would be my parting words is please come in and do a lot more business across Africa. All right. So everybody's heard Africa is open for business. So Munya, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Where can people find you and then also Flutterwave? I'm quite active on LinkedIn, so I'm easy to find. You can find Munya Chura, M-U-N-Y-A. C-H-I-U-R-A, that probably would be the best way to get hold of me. And you could also probably follow me because I do share a lot of content around Africa. So for those who are interested in knowing more about what's going on in the continent, I would probably say that's the easiest way to get hold of me. Thank you so much, Moni. It was such a pleasure. Thank you, Sekai. Appreciate that. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, please feel free to leave a review and rating. To learn more about how AWS supports startups, please visit aws.amazon.com slash startups.